Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to WrestleWolf, brother friends and brother dudes and brother dudettes. I'm your host, Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD, and this is our AEW Rampage recap and review. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, If you are new to the show, we do a little recap and review of um, NWA Power, Impact, Rampage and Dynamite each week. And when I can, when I have time, we do a weekly news show as well. Uh, so let's get into Rampage. Uh, we started off with Orange Carrad- Cat- Carradine. Orange Cassidy versus Big Will Hobbs. Uh, I didn't like how Orange Cassidy won this match. It was essentially a roll-up. And this is something that we will talk about later as well. Uh Orange Cassidy's injured ribs being the sort of crux of the story is a nice touch. I always like how AEW do that. Um, I <laughs> I always find the uh, rib bandages a bit ridiculous, um, but it's a visual medium. You know, it is what it is. But because uh, you've got to show the crowd who aren't getting the commentary that he's injured. I get that, but... Um, Orange Cassidy is taking on. So this was this was a match for the Eliminator tournament, um, which means that the winner of this will essentially be the number one contender to take on either uh, Hangman Adam Page <laughs> or uh, Kenny Omega. I'm starting to feel like maybe Orange Cassidy is getting a push here. Um, because there was a lot of talk of him throughout the episode. And, um, yeah. I mean, Brian Danielson is in the tournament. Um, so it, it, I, I can't, I cannot see anyone other than him winning the tournament. Because then that way you can get Brian Danielson, uh, yeah. But then if he's going up against Hangman Page, that sort of 
doesn't allow for the Brian Danielson Kenny Omega feud to kick on, which you would think is what would happen if Hangman Page was to win at full gear. Uh, anyway, Orange Cassidy is taking on Dustin Rhodes next week. How Dustin Rhodes even got into the Eliminator tournament, I don't know. I mean, talk about cachet from the Attitude Era following you around. <laughs> Look, Dustin has done a lot of work. He looks in great shape. You know, he, he still is moving okay in the ring. But when you have a roster as stacked as AEW's, and when you have people who are not signed, and I understand that Dan Housen has a contract with Ring of Honor, but, you know, there are people uh, like Effie, Warhorse, uh, RJ City, like the, the list goes on and on and on and on. Buddy Murphy just announced that he's going to um, to New Japan, like to Japan to wrestle. Uh, Will Ospreay seems to be sort of floating around, um, sniffing around America. So, and I'm sure Tony Khan is speaking to all these people, he, but it just, I don't know, man. I, I suppose you've got to reward loyalty and, and Cody's one of the EVPs. But anyway, the good thing about Orange Cassidy taking on Dustin Rhodes uh, next week is that uh, he'll win because there's no way Dustin Rhodes is going to win that match. Uh, we get a Lucha Bros interview here where um, Penta, they're about to speak to, it's only Penta and Alex, their manager, uh, and he spots a couple of guys in the in the Super Frogs mask in the front row. Uh, he goes to investigate, he gets jumped by FTR, um, and they're beating him down, and then Pac comes out for the save, and it's a little reminder of like, hey, remember, Pac's taken on Andre El Idlo uh, in the main event tonight. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Anna Jay versus our women's champion, Britt Baker. Britt's doing a lot of mugging to the camera when there's like a two-fall count, or uh, which I really like. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure Jericho did a bit of it uh, in WCW. I'm sure that The Rock has done it, but it's kind of a big no-no in TV and film unless it's written that way to break down the fourth wall and look at the camera. You know, I mean, that was what's the in CM Punk's pipe bomb where he says hello to Colt Cabana, that was a that was one of the big deals of the pipe bombs. Like, oh fuck, he broke the fourth wall, you know. <laughs> um I like Britt Baker doing that. I like the fact that she's kind of it either feels like she's speaking to someone like Thunder Rosa um via the camera or us, you know. Either way, it, it's a good heel gimmick. Uh Britt gets the win with the lockjaw, then she goes back for more. Uh, basically beating down Anna Jay. Tay Conti comes out for the save and stands tall with the women's belt. And so uh, I was a little worried that Anna Jay was going to be pushed here into the title picture. I think Tay Conti is a much better pick. She's much more ready. Um, I'm not sure if Anna Jay is ready for the top of the card. Watching this match... I understand that she's very beautiful. People like her. She's a big social media presence, all that sort of thing. But she can't go in the ring yet. This match was very slow. It felt like it was kind of in slow motion a little bit. She wasn't getting the spots correctly. It it looked like someone very green was in the ring. And you can't blame Britt Baker for that because Britt Baker was one half of the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa lights out match. So, um, 
you know, and Britt Baker herself, even though she is the champion, has really, I mean, she's been wrestling at this level for, I mean, you could say two years, but the first sort of year of her in AEW, she was not at the top of the card. So it's a lot to put on someone who is still kind of learning herself how to be a top woman. Um, And I get that's part of the job, but yeah, it was just, to me, it was very um, obvious that Anna Jay's got a long way to go. Even even with, her promos are, are not bad, and I understand that she's got, uh, the character development of the Dark Order, so it's th- there's something there. It's just not quite clicking at the moment. I don't think it was clicking with the audience uh, either. But anyway, Tay Conti's the person being pushed uh, out of all of this, and I think that's probably the correct call. Uh, and then our main event was Pac versus Andrade El Idio. They have their little main uh, main event interview before the main event. Uh, it's with Tony. With Tony Schiavone here rather than Mark Henry, Mark made some comments on um, Busted Open Radio uh, that were not overly cool. Um, and I just wonder whether he might have been uh, wrapped over the knuckles, maybe a small suspension. Uh, it's just old. It's just older dudes being stuck in another time. Um, and talking about that and belittling other people because of it. And, um, yeah, yeah, just just not cool. Anyway, what an amazing match this was. Uh, Pac versus Andrade 2. Um, you know, there, are, there was a uh, backflip... Uh, uh, that Pac did in the middle of this match that just... He just stayed in the air for so long. <laughs> it, it was absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah, Andrade did his, you know, uh, triple, quadruple corkscrew off the opposite, um, uh, off the opposite uh, end of the ring, and they really are world class in ring. Um, and I think maybe I get a little bit too hung up on on how good a promos people are. I think all of us maybe get a little bit hung up on that because ultimately the, 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 I mean, I was going to say the most important stories are told in the ring and I think ultimately they are and that the, you know, the other aspects of storytelling are kind of garnish, but I would still be giving Andrade a, well, I wouldn't be giving him a manager. I would just be allowing him to cut promos in Spanish. Um, and and subtitling it. I just think we're at that point now where we need to be doing that. Um, you don't want to fall into the same traps of WWE of not, and I'm not saying that AEW aren't pushing people, but they were legit. I mean, Becky Lynch wasn't pushed for years because the WWE hierarchy thought that no one would understand her. Um, and then she had to get accidentally punched in the face and then basically rewrite her character herself to get over and now they're like oh guys becky lynch is on so well (laughs) i can't really take you guys very seriously when for seven years you were like oh yeah she's the ugly duckling of the four horsewomen um and you just don't want to become that you don't want to i mean the amount of the amount of uh mexican wrestlers or japanese wrestlers who have come through the door i mean shinsuke nakamura is a 
uh, is an example. I feel like Finn Balor suffers from this as well. I mean, that, and that they're Irish. I mean, Vince McMahon is fucking Irish. You know, <laughs> they won't push people who are who have Irish accents. Uh, they don't get pushed because you can't put them on Good Morning America or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that AEW is doing that. But you could have them in more involved storylines if you just allowed people like Hikaru Shida or Andrade, the Lucha Bros, whoever it may be, to just cut promos in their native language and subtitle it. I mean, how much extra work would that be? You know, I mean, I've got podcasting software here that will allow me that, you know, if I run it through it, it will just print off the transcripts of the podcast. So it can't be difficult. It just seems to be something that's like, yeah, I'm going to want to do that. I can understand that you would be worried about how an audience would 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 initially perceive that. Oh, we'll have to read my wrestling. Dude, just be the change you want to see. Don't let the lowest common denominator dictate to you the kind of wrestling show that you want to be, AEW. Anyway, another roll-up win for the babyface in this. This is my only criticism. And, look, it was kind of... It was a cool reversal of something that Andrade was doing and they have, were going through a mat wrestling chain. So it's not your stereotypical WWE Simon Miller roll-up board, uh, you know, the, the most devastating move in all of wrestling type thing. Shout out to Simon. Uh, but it, I don't know. I always feel a bit cheated when a match finishes like this, especially a match like this that is so good. You know, I was so involved, so entertained, literally found, okay, I found myself with a massive smile on my face watching this match. And then it's like, ah, oh, ro- oh, roll up, okay. Hmm. Um, just, I mean, there were two, there were t- two out of the three matches on this card ended in roll ups. And I just, you know, I think we need to be a bit careful of that. Malachi Black runs in, well, you know, everything goes black. Lights come up, Malachi Black's there, and, and he takes out Pac. Uh, then Arn comes out and does his little finger gun thing, which is kind of hilarious. I mean, if we <laughs> if we get to the point where Arn's pulling out a actual pistol, um, I'll, st- <laughs> I'll start to get a little bit worried. Cody comes out and, and sort of runs off uh, Andrade and uh, Malachi Black, and then, you know, it's like, hey, tomorrow on Dynamite, Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes 3. What do I want to see from Cody moving forward? Because I, 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 I'm almost 100% sure that Malachi Black is going to win that match. And then what do we want to see from Cody? You know, what what is what is his next move? Because this Miami crowd seemed to like Cody, but everywhere else he's been going recently, he's getting booed. Hard, and I think these Arn vignettes are doing a little bit to help um, get him back up to to the Cody that we all love. But I, me personally, and I know I keep saying the same thing, but I think he needs to either go away for a bit, return as a heel, or turn heel in the next couple of weeks. Um, or what I would like to see is Malachi Black beats him so bad that he goes away for a couple of weeks and then comes back and Arn was like, see, I told you, you had to work harder, man. And you did some work, but you didn't do all of it. And we've really, really got to start from the bottom. And then we have this really long Rocky Three type story where Cody basically has to learn how to be a champion again. 
uh, to the point where, you know, momentum's so behind him that he breaks his own rule and challenges for the heavyweight championship, you know, in a year's time or something like that. Um, that's what I would like to see because it's too much like in the Cody verse, as Sir Matthew likes to call it, there's too much of um, Cody sort of floating in the wind and always being the good guy. And I think the roster is so deep now that Cody doesn't need to worry about carrying this company. He doesn't need to worry about being like, you know, one of the few guys on the card who has TV experience. That's those days are over for him to not become irrelevant in his own company. He needs to take some chances. That's either becoming a heel and he has done heel work in WWE and was very good at it. Um, I mean, Cody's great. Cody is an amazing professional wrestler. He's just fallen out of favor with with wrestling fans at the moment because there has been, unless all of this has been part of a giant storyline, um, like him, <laughs> it would be the most meta booking I've ever seen of like a wrestler purposely booking himself terribly so everyone turns against him so he can turn heel or... But it's been way too confused. The, the decisions that have been made have been way too confusing um, for me to look at the uh, the oeuvre of Cody over the last six to seven months, and um, and be like, yeah, that that is a specific plan, and you can see the beats of it. Um, I mean, reports have come out recently that Tony Khan is doing all booking. Um, but that also doesn't make any sense to me because how can so many stories be so good and then everything that's been centered around Cody be so bad? It makes no sense to me. Um, you know, I mean, the QT Marshall months, man. Months and months we got of that. QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes. And even had a little bit of a crossover where QT Marshall was still on TV when we had CM Punk, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. You know, it's just like, come on, you can't, you cannot have this guy on television <laughs> when these are your top guys who aren't really in major feuds at the moment. You know, get one of these guys to have a feud with Cody. Anyway. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That's what I want to see with Cody moving forward. Um, no mail this week, uh, but you can mail us. Um, going to wrap it up there, by the way. Uh, no mail. You can mail. Uh, send us an email at wrestlewolfpodcast at gmail.com, um, and I will read it out. You got a question, comment, you want to correct me on something, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to leave you guys there. I will be back very soon with the Dynamite recap and review. Um, and then the way things have kind of worked out this week will essentially be going straight back into NWA power and then dynamite. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, until next time, brother dudes and dudettes, may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night.